like to welcome you to Boy Meets Wellness, a podcast that discusses the complexities, celebrations, and challenges of building a wellness ritual as a BOI, a person who is born obviously incredible. You are now listening to Boy Meets Wellness with poet, motivational speaker, and wellness lover, Evolve Benzo. BOI, born obviously incredible, especially when you wear it pretty. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Boy Meets Wellness. It's your boy Evolve, E-V-O-L-V-E, Benton, B-E-N-T-O-N, for folks who've been trying to figure out how to spell my name. Um, You can find more about my work at EvolveBenton.com. This is a spot where we talk to people who are born obviously incredible, and they come to share their gifts with us. So welcome to Boy Meets Wellness. If you're in love with the podcast, don't forget to follow us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes. Um, Also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, you know, stay connected. I really cannot believe that we're wrapping up 2018. Like this year has been really, really big and really amazing for me. I have the opportunity to drop my first poetry collection, Sir, poetry dedicated to boyhood and black queer love. I started an online writing practice and contributed some amazing articles to the blog Lesbian and X. And I was a lead writer and faculty at my first writing retreat, the Black Trans Love and Black Trans Wealth Retreat in Williamstown. Shouts out to all of my East Coast folks. Got to travel to Mexico City for the first time and climb two pyramids. Um, And, you know, most of my family and friends keep telling me, like, Evolve, you're doing it big. I see you. See you living your life, you know, because that's kind of how we follow each other. We look at each other's social media. But, you know, to be true and real with y'all. Um, None of this could have really happened without a wellness plan and a strategy. Believe it or not, while most of my business and creative ventures were soaring, this year was really rough in regards to family and friendships. Um, My dad's partner was diagnosed with stage four cancer and is continuing to battle. Fuck cancer, y'all. My fraternity fell apart, essentially, and I had to mourn the loss of my first business. And I was just really unhappy in my body, in the way that my body was performing. I found myself at the beginning of this year on a mission to simply just want to feel stronger and better, you know. So I signed up for a wellness um, coach and um, decided to shift my focus on strengthening my body um, and building a ritual around my wellness. So I shifted that focus and signed up with Zami Hemingway. um, And it was an amazing opportunity to really look at my busy ass life that I have, right? Because I just listed up several things, y'all. I'm like, how did I do all this in one year? Um, but I wanted to make sure that I was putting, taking care of myself in front of all of that, right? Because if I'm not well, I can't do any of these projects. I can't show up in the world um, as the amazing version of myself if I'm feeling like crap. Uh, so it's been an amazing opportunity um, Zami supported me by getting with me in the gym most mornings before 6 a.m. Yeah, we was up in there 5, 5.30 in the morning. Um, and also finding, you know, a nutritional plan that was fun and tasty, right? Because I was seeing all this stuff. It's like, I want to eat healthy and be bored, you know? Like, I want still to have flavor. I still want to be full. I still want to feel good. And I already had a foundation because I had done the Fat Loss Code. Um, Shouts out to Sean Stevenson and Ann Stevenson over at Fat Loss Code. And I did that some months before, but I really didn't have that one-on-one support. Um, So Zami was able to get me that and take me to the next level. Um, If you haven't had the time, you know, head over to my Instagram. Um, It's at Evolve Benton and check out my transformation photo. Um, It's an amazing just to see the strength 
um, that I've been able to build, but to also really acknowledge um, the old version of myself that took the steps to get here to really dedicate the time and energy to not only meet with Zami, but to commit to myself to accomplish the goal of getting stronger and of feeling good, you know? So one of my mantras in life is, you know, to share knowledge and resources. I don't believe in, in hoarding, right? Like if I know something, someone else deserves to know that. You know, especially most of the knowledge I got. I got so many student loans, y'all. I done spent so much money. I feel like we all should share this knowledge, right? Um, so I've invited Zami on the show today. Um, that's the interview we're going to do. And you'll have the opportunity to hear about some of his practices and also, you know, hear ways that you can set up time to meet um, and do some coaching with him. But before we jump into the interview, here is my wellness tip for this episode. I would like you to write down three goals that you have for the new year, record them on your voice memo. I'm actually recording on voice memo right now. Someone hit me up recently because I just dropped I just dropped a single, um, a dedication to Carice Lewis. I'm working on a spoken word album, finishing that up for 2019. Woo woo. Already working on a new year. Um, but yeah, someone asked me, like, how did you record that? What did you do? All on voice memo, y'all. All on voice memo. Keep it simple. Keep your life simple, but do this. Write down three goals that you have for the new year. Record them on your voice memo and listen to them every day. Every day I want you to listen to it. Like you listening to whatever music you got going on, you know, whatever's bringing you good energy. It would be dope if you could actually like listen to yourself, right? Listen to yourself and the goals that you have and say them as actions, right? Like one of my goals is to be out of debt. So I'm going to say I'm out of debt. I am out of debt, right? That is an action. That is something that is current, that is right now, right? Um, So I'm going to say that. The other thing that you can do is really sit down and think about the goals as intentions um, for your future, right? Like it doesn't have to be something that's going to happen tomorrow. It could be something that maybe happens in 10 years, right? Like sometimes we get so fixated in the now, but what is something that you can do today for later? Um, so yeah, that's my tip for y'all for this this month, um, this good old month of December that we're heading out of. So I want us to shift into the interview soon. Um, I'm really excited for y'all to hear this. Um, if y'all have any questions, you know, about my wellness routine or the things that I have going, don't hesitate to hit me up. You know, I, I really appreciate sharing knowledge, sharing resources, and being able to support each other to just become our best selves. So. But whatever you feel like that is for you, you know, get the work going and do what you have to do. So check out this interview with myself and Zami Hemingway. Welcome to Boy Meets Wellness. All right. Welcome, world. Welcome, world. This is Boy Meets Wellness. And I am so excited about today's interview. I have the opportunity to interview my amazing wellness coach, Zami Hemingway, um, and to have a conversation today, not just about wellness, but holistic um, health and how do we value ourselves and feel joy. Um, the reason I wanted to talk to Zami about this in particular is because we've been working together almost a year now. Um, and what he has brought into my life, um, as you know, as far as, as a, as a trainer and a coach has been amazing overall. Um, not only have I like lost weight, which is great. Um, and I'm stronger, um, but I've really experienced so much joy. Um, and I'm really just excited to talk to him about 
really mental health as well, because working with him has decreased my anxiety, decreased, decreased my depression. Um, and overall just made me feel like a better person. Um, and because I'm valuing and loving myself. So Zami, thank you for being here. Um, just to jump in, if you could just tell folks, um, your name, where you're from, uh, pronouns that you, you know, prefer and what brings you joy. Hey, so my name is Zami Hemingway. I am originally from Inglewood, California, lived in Arizona for 11 years, and now I'm currently in Berkeley, California. I use he, him, his, and girl. Girl feels like a very important pronoun for me, and it's uh, probably what I feel like is one of the most like authentic gender-neutral pronouns, and so I just really love the pronoun girl. And what brings me joy? Um, you know, I'm really sitting with that idea what brings me joy i feel like a few years ago i would have been able to answer that very quickly and actually transitioning to living in the bay and some of my experiences in the bay um has really forced me to reevaluate what brings me joy in a very like holistic and authentic way so i can't fully answer that question other than saying some of the small things of what brings me joy right now so waking up next to my partner taking care of my dog being able to get up in the morning and meditate and pray and hanging out with my spiritual community and honestly doing wellness training and coaching. Those are the things that really bring me joy because those are all things that contribute to my own wellness. That's dope. That's dope. Thank you so much for being transparent um, about where you're at. You know, I think that, you know, being here, living here in the Bay, I can definitely see the constrictions with that from the cost of living to, um, just the way that um, folks don't show up and value folks in particular ways that I think I'm used to, that used to happen when I lived in SoCal. Um, but I'm also like from there, you know, I think it's a different difference when it's a place that's home because you always have family to kind of like, you know, back you up even when things don't feel right. So the first thing I wanted to talk to you about today in particular, um, a question that came up for me that comes up with, with me often when I'm talking to folks, especially in the South, um, about being out as you know a trainer and being trans so you know are you out to folks you know do, is that something that comes up in the beginning of the relationships with clients um any advice that maybe you can give to folks who um, are still trying to figure out like you know what's the best option when it comes to that because um, that's a question that comes up a lot for me in particular and i don't i don't know if it's that folks don't want to know you know in the bay area or if it's just something that maybe people aren't thinking about because they're having different experiences? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, in all honesty, so I believe in doing things for my people um, all the time. And so I, when I think about um, my clients, none of my clients are actually straight. <laughs> and all of my clients, with the exception of two are either trans or non-binary or gender fluid in some way and so you know yes at the very beginning i say like i'm a trans i'm a black trans person who is often read as a cis male that's how i really introduce myself to all, of, all the folks who i work with um and that's in my wellness questionnaire and so before I take anyone's money, before I even decide whether or not I'm going to bring someone on as a client, I first 
actually do a pre-questionnaire with them where we just talk on the phone for maybe 15, 20 minutes, just so I could get a sense of what their needs are and whether or not I am able to assist them. Because I don't believe in taking people's money if I know I don't have the expertise that they're looking for. And then I do a wellness questionnaire that talks about their physical goals, but as well as emotional goals, as well as food. And one of the things I put in there is, are, do you feel comfortable working with a Black trans masculine person who's often read as a cis male? So from the very beginning, I put that out there because it's very important for me to be able to show up as my whole self and my authentic self when working with people, particularly around, around their health and wellness. So I need to out myself from the very beginning so I don't have to hold back around coaching and supporting someone. So my advice to folks, in all honesty, is one, really figure out who your demographic is before you make a decision around outing yourself. Um, because if, you, if your goal is to work with cis straight folks and, you know, be stealth as a trans person, then maybe, no, you're not going to out yourself. But if your goal is to bring more wellness into our own community, um, you should be able to out yourself um, and not even in a stressful way, you know, like I'm trans, cool, you're gay and cis, it shouldn't be an issue, <laughs> is, is my opinion, you know, so first figure out your demographic and then figure out whether or not you're able to be fully authentic, whether or not you tell your client that you're trans or non-binary, et cetera. Thank you for that. Yeah, I've, I've been really sitting with that, you know, in particular, how when folks do go into wellness, coaching, or even fitness work, that, that they don't really think about a niche. And I think that when you're just creating a business in, in general, um, you have to think about your demographic and who you're working with. Um, and what I really appreciate about you is the intentionality, not just around the work that you're doing, but the people that you're serving. So thank you for being a leader in our community and for doing that work. So the other thing I really wanted to talk to you about was the holidays, right? Um, so the holidays are coming up, uh, and I'm hella excited. You know, we're going to eat good around here. Um, and what gets me excited, what gets me excited about it is, like, I feel like I can eat good um, and that you've given me the tools to, you know, have boundaries, but to also be able to utilize that, utilize the, the extra that I'm going to be eating or whatever to for my goals, right? Like, how do I establish that in my goals? Like, I remember last year when it was around the holidays and we were communicating and you were like, well, this is the time when I lift more, you know what I mean? Like, because I know these are the things I want to eat. So maybe if you could share some tips just for, you know, like how do you support clients around, around this time? I was reading an article last night that said people pick up from like five to 15 pounds, which if that's what you're going for, that's amazing. But I think there's a lot of folks that aren't, that's not their goal, right? Um, and also like the holidays bring up a lot of emotionality. Um, so I know I work in higher education and I see it even in my students, you know, like this, um, this need to like, um, not only like eat, but to experience like community. And then there's like food there, right? So there's the cookies, there's the things there that bring you to those spaces. Um, because a lot of times queer, queer people of color don't feel value or don't have a connection um, to family around the holidays that's the same. Um, so any tips that you can give to folks like, you know, trying to navigate that, um, what are maybe some things that they can think about um, or process um, to, you know, have a better experience around this time? Absolutely. Um, you know, I work in a nonprofit outside of my wellness coaching. 
Um, and we refer to holiday season as trauma season, in all honesty. Um, I work with youth and nonprofit, and many of our youth also are experiencing very similar to a lot of your students. So experiencing lots of high emotions, different forms of crises, they're isolated from family or no longer connected to um, their family. And so this is a very difficult time of year on so many levels, right? And so, you know, I have a couple of different forms of advice to be honest with you. Like one is honestly find a way to just pause and breathe, <laughs> to be honest with you. And that's on every level. That's when it comes to like choosing what foods to eat. That's when it comes to trying to be in space with your family. That's when it comes to um, planning what your holiday dinner and things are going to look like. So many people experience so much stress around this time and just want to push, 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 push and go, 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 go that we forget the joy and our honesty around holiday season. Um, and so one of my, one of the advices I have is, you know, pause and just try to enjoy this time. And when it comes to like food, most folks, they're like, okay, the holiday season is bulking season. So a lot of people eat more, they lift heavier um, because this is when a lot of people build muscle. I honestly, during um, holiday season, that's when I start doing my cutting. Um, and so I started working on leaning out during the holiday season, as well as maintaining my strength and muscle. So I still lift heavy in the gym during this time. I'm also doing a lot of cardio to balance out the additional calories that I'm consuming during this time. And not very many people are utilizing cardio machines and cardio areas during the holiday season because it's known as bulk season. You've experienced this with me, E where I don't really stress people around nutrition. I provide folks with nutrition. I create a nutrition plan that's within your already lifestyle so that you're not going leaps and bounds trying to shift things and it works for you and it's not very restrictive. And so when I work with clients who are like, I really love the holiday season. I love the food that I'm going to eat. I love being able to have sweets. I don't want to stress around the holiday and I also don't want to sabotage my physical goals. I say, okay, cool. Let's figure out how to make what you're going to eat work for your physical goals. So instead of the holiday season being a time where you're trying to drop weight, let it be a time where you're maintaining where you're at, you know, and you're just focusing on putting on quality muscle. Work out, work out on the colonial holiday so that you're going into your feedings or you're going into your holiday dinner at a calorie deficit and you know, you're either going to eat the amount of calories that you would have eaten throughout that day anyway, or you might eat a little bit more, but it's not going to be so much more that you completely sabotage your goals. The other advice that I'll give some folks who might feel triggered around this time, because um, I work with a lot of folks who have a history of disordered eating. Um, and so we will sit and we actually have a conversation. We'll create a plan on how to um, make it through holiday season without binge eating or without restricting too much, um, without engaging in like in bulimic activity. So I sit with my clients who have disordered eating and talk to them and build strategies on, okay, so if your family member offers you another pie and you know that sweets trigger binging for you, um, how do you say no to that family member, you know? Or how do you 
have some desserts that may not be pie, um, that'll trigger you or that won't trigger you, right? So if you know ice cream, you can eat ice cream, but ice cream never triggers you to want to binge eat, then say, oh no, I, I just want a bowl of ice cream today. I don't want any pie. Um, so I do a lot of harm reduction around eating with a lot of my clients as well uh, around the holiday season. So what are the things that trigger you? What are the things that don't? How do you practice saying no to your family members and building boundaries? Um, and how do you build boundaries with yourself? And a lot of my clients have a hard time building boundaries at first, and they don't see how physical fitness or working out in the gym helps build boundaries. Um, and what I tell them is it helps you build a boundary because you know that on these three days, you're going to come and work with me. And in order for you to come work out at 530 in the morning or six in the morning or five o'clock in the morning, that means you have to go to bed by a certain day or a certain time every night, right? Um, and you might have a partner or a friend or a family member who wants you to stay up, but you're telling them no so that you can meet me. That's already setting a boundary. Um, and I say you just have to extend setting those boundaries beyond just the gym. And so I start teaching my clients how to set boundaries and how to, instead of looking at telling your friend or your partner or whoever no, instead of looking at it as telling them no, looking at it as saying yes to yourself. So I'm going to tell myself yes to going to work out. I'm going to tell myself yes to not engaging in trigger foods. I'm going to tell myself yes to um, enjoying the holiday season, but not overeating so that I don't experience any type of guilt or shame the next day. And so I try to connect a lot of those. So like tips are build boundaries for yourself around the holiday season. Um, figure out what things are going to support your goals, both physically, emotionally, and mentally. Um, and instead of looking at it as telling people no, look at it as telling yourself yes, as you make those boundaries and make those decisions. Thank you for that. That belongs on a tip sheet, for real. Because, you know, Black people don't eat until 8 o'clock at night. So we really need to figure out what we're going to do during the day before. <laughs> I was just thinking about that, like, with my family. Like, I mean, luckily, like, um, for this Thanksgiving, I would be, um, you know, in the Bay with my partner. We pretty much eat, you know, around, we give ourselves maybe around one or two, which is still pretty late in the day to start eating for me because I'm eating at the top of the morning most days. But my family in L.A., like, it would be like 6 p.m. and we would be just praying. And, you know, prayer is like 30 minutes. Um, so I'm thankful that <laughs> you, you gave all of those tips and um, and really, you know, just working with you around boundaries and around um you know food experiences you know because some of them are trauma and some of them bring me joy but I know that they bring me guilt right like so it's like this this yin and this yang um and the balance there so thank you so much for that so I want to shift the conversation a little bit um and get a little political because I think you know like here boy meets wellness um we can't we can't separate the personal from the political right like this is a part of our lived experience so as you know, like the administration um, has been targeting trans and GNC and intersex folks by um, saying that they're trying to shift um, policy and language around um, what is gender, right? Um, and folks are calling it an erasure. Um, and it feels very, very violent. And this week we actually had um, a cutie pod space um, at the spot I work at and so many people showed up. And I know that so many people showed up not only because 
um, it's that time of year where programming is picking up, but because of where the administration is at and folks feeling that, that need for community. So my question for you is like, one, what are you doing to, to sustain, you know, what are you doing? Have, have you had to shift your own wellness or your own um, spiritual work because of that? And what, what, are, what information or what guidance are you giving some of your clients around this time? You know, that's a great question. Um, first, I'll answer the guidance I, I'm giving clients and um, other QTPOP folks that I'm around, and then I'll answer what I'm doing for myself. So for my clients, so as I said, I work with youth. Um, the majority of our youth are actually trans or non-binary and of color. Um, and I also supervise folks who are trans and non-binary folks of color as well. Um, and some cis um, queer folks, but majority of the folks I supervise are non-binary or trans. And, you know, this past week was a rough week for our youth as well as my staff, uh, particularly the Black trans woman who I supervise. And um, a lot of our youth are like, you know, they're trying to erase us. This is horrible. What are we going to do? And we're just really torn up about it and really fearful. Um, because the youth who I work with are also homeless or underhoused um, or living at some sort of transitional living program, they don't have a lot of sustainability. A lot of their ability to survive and thrive is based on a lot of the laws um, and based on the government, particularly government subsidies. And so, you know, a lot of our youth who are in the process of transitioning, you know, they're on the like Medi-Cal or whatever the um, subsidized health plan is for folks who are low income. Um, so a lot of them are on that and they're like, you know, well, if they change the language, does that mean I no longer get my hormone therapy, right? So we have a lot of youth who are currently triggered um, and very afraid around what's happening with who they are and their identity. Um, and because the staff are trans, they're also experiencing the same thing and um, got caught up in a lot of the crisis and trauma and feeling it, right? Because we work with our community. Um, and when you work within your community, um, and you're working with folks who are experiencing trauma and crises, and it's based off of their identity and a shared identity, you know, it's very difficult not to get caught up in, in the wave of the fear. And so with our youth, honestly, I just listen um, and after and let them vent and let them express feelings. And then after I say, you know, so what are you doing to care for yourself? That's honestly what I ask them. And what they did was they just paused and they're like, well, what do you mean? So what are you doing to care for yourself? because this government didn't support us before today. It's clearly not gonna support us after today, but before this news happened, you were still doing something that cared for yourself and honored who you were. So what are you doing to care for yourself? And then I facilitate that conversation with them. So I, instead of focusing on the drama and like, and like engaging this conversation around this crisis, I move the conversation to what are you doing to care for yourself because you still have agency, right? We still have agency, even though this government's attacking us, even though this government is attempting to erase us through language, 
um, before we had language around trans and non-binary, et cetera, you know, genderqueer, before we had all this language that we use to describe gender and gender expression, we were still here. You know, trans and non-binary people existed before any of us were even on this planet. And so, and we didn't call it transgender or non-binary, folks just existed. And for me, what I, remi- what I would remind our youth is just because they're taking away language doesn't mean they're taking away who we are in our spirit. Um, and doesn't mean that we just give up and that we don't have control over who we are. Um, with my staff, what I said to them was, you know, you have to remember that we're elders in our community. You know, trans people often don't live beyond 35. Um, and yes, that's a statistic that's mostly based on, you know, trans women of color. Um, but we don't have statistics on like trans men or non-binary folks necessarily around um, life span, right? And so, you know, I'm 32. The folks who I supervise um, is 26, I believe, 25, 26. And you know, what I said to her was, you know, we're elders in our community. And part of being an elder is not um, getting caught up in, in the panic of those who we're providing support and wisdom for. That we can be upset, we can be sad, um, we can even be feeling anxious and have some form of crisis internally about it too. And when we're in a community, one of our roles as elders is to provide wisdom and provide comfort and guidance. And, you know, you can say to them, you know, I'm scared too. I'm upset too. I am unclear what to do. And I know that we're going to be okay because we always took care of ourselves before the government even cared to say that we existed. And so that was the advice that I gave the folks who I supervised was remember that we're elders and our role is to provide comfort and knowledge and wisdom and support, not get caught up in a lot of the panic. Uh, because if our elders were caught up in all of the panic, plus our youth, you know, um, who's, what are, like, how, who's going to be grounded, right? Who are going to be the people who are grounded? And, who, and we have to look to our elders and ourselves who have passed, you know, grown and survived and thriving to provide knowledge and wisdom to youth, you know, and to others who are struggling. And so those are, that's the advice I was giving our youth and giving the people I supervise. And for me, honestly, this week didn't phase me, <laughs> which may sound weird um, in some way, but it really didn't phase me. Um, I heard the news and you know, I don't watch the news. So I get all my news from social media or honestly from listening to my youth or the folks who I supervise talk about whatever's going on. Um, because listening to the news is bad for my mental health, in my opinion, um, and in my experience. And it just strikes a lot of panic and panic that often feels unnecessary for me. And so I actually don't pay it, pay attention to the news or listen to the news. And so when I found out, it was, it was on my way to work because I was looking on Facebook. And I was like, okay. And that's literally all I thought was, okay, I didn't really share a lot of stories. I maybe changed my Facebook 
or yeah, I changed my Facebook picture to have one of the frames that says trans liberation now. Um, but I didn't even do that until maybe Wednesday or Thursday of the week. And a big part of it is because, you know, I'm a black trans non-binary person who is often read as a cisgender male who grew up in various forms of like poverty and then not poverty and then like you know we were, we struggled and then we didn't struggle i have a lot of different lived experience like i'm a survivor of assault all forms of my identity is constantly being under attack you know i'm 32 and some of the experiences that i've had you know one of them could have broke me let alone all of the ones combined i've grown up to this place where i have a tremendous amount of resiliency um and i also know that because of the identities i hold i will my identities will constantly be under attack and i'm not going to be phased when someone decides they want to pick a bone with one of my identities um and a big part of the way that people, you know, attack and oppress and destroy folks is, is through inciting fear and inciting violence. Um, and so I don't, I choose not to live my life in that way. So when I found out, I was just like, okay, well, hopefully that doesn't pass. And if it does pass, I'm still going to be who I am. I'm still going to advocate for myself and those who, you know, my clients and people who I supervise, and I'm still going to practice wellness and support other trans and non-binary folks to practice wellness. Um, as long as I live in this country, and honestly, as long as I live on this planet, I will always be a person that people are trying to attack their identity. You know, anti-blackness is around the world. Um, transphobia is around the world like anti um anti like films and like women is around the world those things are everywhere and so regardless of where i live or where i travel i will be holding some identity that people want to attack and the best way that i care for myself is saying i'm still going to be who i am and i'm going to thrive regardless of your hate for my identity regardless of projections based off of how you perceive me regardless of whatever narratives that you have that you want to try to place on me, I'm not going to accept those things. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to live it without being fearful. I'm going to live it to the best of my ability. And I'm going to try to bring my people with me and teach them how to do that too. Because if we don't respond from fear and panic, but we respond saying, you know what, we're still going to be here and we're still going to live our lives and we're going to do what we can do, whether that's voting, whether that's building new collectives, um, whether that's building communes, whether that's finding ways to care for each other, you know, in our hoods, we, whatever it is, we are going to exist and we're going to come together as a people and make sure that we're all taken care of um, and teaching people how to do that. And so that's, that's the way that I've handled this news where I was like, you know what, this just feels like it did a few, you know, what is it, two years that Trump has been in administration? You know, this is how it felt two years ago. A lot of folks panicked and were upset and afraid because Trump won the presidency. And I was like, you know what? 
I was black in America and people hated me before Trump. I'm going to be black in America and people are going to hate me after Trump. Um, so it just didn't shift anything. I'm still going to care for myself because I know where I live and I know who I am. And I know that a lot of people need healing. And until they have that healing, they're going to continue to lash out from fear and hate. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I think we both, you know, we had this conversation where we're like, we're not surprised. Um, and we were like, you know, people who are surprised, we know that we have to support them, right? Like, like for some folks, yeah, they experienced that when Trump came in and some folks they've been like, so in the background that they're just now like able to comprehend what this might mean for them personally. Uh, so thank you for sharing that. And thank you for like sharing your own vulnerability and where you're at with your wellness practice. Um, I, what I really appreciate about you, Zombie, is your story, right? Like you, and you, you, you talked a little bit about your resiliency. Um, and we probably could call you comeback king at this point, right? Um, from just all the layers of your experience. And the other thing that really sticks out for me is the fact that you call yourself, um, a coach, right? Like a coach and a holistic coach and not a trainer. Um, so can you just tell the audience a little bit more about why? why that chosen name of, of a coach and, and not a trainer? Um, and, and what does that mean, you know, for your work? What does it mean for it to be holistic work? What does that include? Yeah, you know, calling myself a coach has been really intentional. And the reason why I chose coach over trainer is, you know, when you go to a gym and you see a personal trainer, you know, oftentimes they are just showing you how to do the equipment you know, sometimes they'll show you how to do it with proper form. Other times they don't, which is very frustrating for me to see a trainer working with a client and not correct their form. Um, but it seems like the only thing that trainers oftentimes are really like the typical trainer, you know, and I don't want to say this is for every personal trainer, but the typical trainer that I've witnessed, they are just about getting their money, you know, having the client go through this exercise. And then it's like, okay, I'll see you next week or I'll see you in two days. Um, but it's, it doesn't really feel like a relationship that goes beyond the gym. My, me as a coach, I am invested in my client in all aspects of their life because I know that whatever's going on in your home, whatever's going on at your job, whatever's going on with your friends and your partners and your family, that all affects us physically. And so whatever we do in the gym, it in many ways it doesn't matter if all of these outside forces are negatively impacting you or influencing you or aren't supportive. And so for me as a coach, it's really important for me to have a holistic understanding of what it is that my client is living with on a day-to-day -day basis and how do I support them in creating a life of health and wellness not just a strong body or not just a thinner body um, and for me I didn't get into this field just so that people can walk around looking like bodybuilders that that was not my goal um, and that's not what led me to this field um, you know I began thinking about becoming a personal trainer and wellness coach because um, of, of my own story and my own experience. You know, I started lifting weights back when I was on testosterone, maybe for six or seven months. 
Um, and I was in a very abusive relationship with a woman who was twice my senior and she worked for the local university, um, and controlled majority of the finances and would remind me constantly that the only reason why I'm able to transition is because she's paying for it. And she was very abusive. She's very emotionally abusive. She was physically abusive and she isolated me from a lot of people. And the way that I got out of that relationship was because of a coworker who became one of my best friends and mentors started inviting me to come to the gym with him. You know, I had gained a lot of weight. I went from being about 140 pounds to being close to 220, I believe. Um, and a lot of my weight gain was because of the emotional and physical abuse and me not being able to tell anyone because a lot of people didn't believe me um, because I was a black masculine person dating an older white woman. So they didn't believe that this older white woman who worked for a university um, was abusive. And so when I started, you know, going to the gym with this coworker, I started going to the gym morning and evening. So in the mornings, I went to the gym just to do cardio and do a spin class um, because I really didn't know what I was doing in the gym at first. So I was like, let me just do these classes just to do it. Um, and then in the evenings, I would lift weights with my friend. Um, and that's how I learned boundaries and how I started setting boundaries with my abusive partner um, that, and what eventually led me to leaving um, that relationship. And so when me going through that process and having that experience, you know, the things that came out of that experience was going to the gym as a way to just take care of myself. So I went to the gym at five o'clock in the morning to go to a spin class, which meant that at night when she would try to argue with me or try to convince me to go out drinking or try to um, keep me from sleeping, basically, I continuously said no. Um, which infuriated her, and she would still try to keep me up. But it was like, okay, well, if you're not going to let me sleep at home, I'm going to go to a friend's house, I'm going to sleep because I'm going to go to the gym. Um, it became a very important part of my wellness and me setting boundaries and me being committed to my wellness as well. Um, and so because I was committed to my wellness, I would, um, because I was committed to my wellness in that way, I was able to start saying, okay, what else do I need to be well? You know, something else that I need to be well is being able to meditate. You know, something else I need to be well is to have a well-balanced diet. And so I started exploring ways to be well and how all these other things in my life start shifting because of my wellness. And so, and that's the, the framework that I try to use with my clients. And so, you know, when I have clients who are living with depression or living with anxiety or high stress, you know, I want to explore that with them. You know, where is the stress coming from? Where is the anxiety coming from? You know, anxiety also affects the way that our body, our hormones are, you know, and how our body responds to hormones. So if you are stressed and you have a lot of anxiety, you know, your hormone levels are all over the place we could go to the gym and work out for hours, you know, every day and you may not see a change in your body because you're still holding on to all the stress and anxiety. Um, but as soon as we figure out a way 
to address stress in your life, as soon as we figure out a way to address anxiety in your life, as soon as we figure out a way to address depression in your life, all of a sudden, you start feeling more balanced, you start feeling more grounded, and not all of a sudden, it takes time, but when you start feeling more grounded, and you start, you know, feeling less depressed and experiencing more happiness and joy, then you start seeing that, oh, I do have time to meal prep, you know, and I want to meal prep with my partner. And this is a time where we could bond and enjoy happiness together and um, engage differently together and have a conversation, turn off the TV. Um, so like you start finding that you have all this time to do other things in your life that actually support your wellness, you know, and a lot of the times when people are stressed and have depression and anxiety, then they're like, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to spoil myself or indulge myself. I'm going to go have this fancy meal. Or I'm going to go and buy this expensive dessert, right? And then they're like, you know, I'm stressed about finances because I spend a lot of money. Okay, let's talk about how we can start saving money through meal prep, you know, and how you can still have really amazing nutritious meals that support your wellness goals as well as save money just through your meal prep um, and instead of eating out. And so, you know, for me, when I look at the client's entire life, you know, and what their day-to-day looks like, what their week looks like, um, and what their goals are. Because I even talk to my clients about their professional goals, you know, like what their professional goals are and how many folks don't want to work for the organizations they're working for, but they want to be entrepreneurs or they want to be directors in other places. We talk about them, what's keeping you where you're at? How can you shift that? You know, where's that fear coming from? You were fearful to come to the gym and now you're, you're killing it in the gym. So how can you apply the same mentality and commitment that you have here in the gym to up to other aspects of your life? Um, and, and so like, that's a big part of my approach because particularly for like queer and trans people of color, particularly black trans and queer folks, we do not get coaches. We do not get mentors. We often have to figure things out ourselves or we just teach each other stuff. And so to have a coach who's invested in your physical wellness, who's invested in your emotional and mental wellness, who's invested in your financial wellness. You know, a lot of people don't think when they talk about wellness, they don't talk about financial wellness. It's like, you know, financial sustainability is financial wellness. To be able to be sustainable in your finances, that's a piece of your wellness. Because sometimes our wellness requires a lot of money. (laughs) You know, when you... Go to going to the gym and have a membership, having a coach, you know, buying food, buying clothes after a while, you know, that's all a part of your wellness. And so we need to have financial wellness as well. Um, but as queer and trans folks of color, we often don't have someone who sits down and talks to us about all things of our life. Um, and so that's a part of that. And the other piece is when you work out, um, you release so much. Like right now, a lot of people talk about somatics and somatic work through like mental health and therapy. And um, I incorporate that in wellness coaching. You know, I hold a lot of my trauma and my experience in my body when I am not well, when it comes to my mental health, I don't see progression towards my physical goals um, because I'm holding all my trauma there. But when I start to process my emotional and mental trauma, 
you know, and spiritual trauma and I start healing those things, I start shedding it from my body as well. And so when I work with folks, I talk to them about what they're experiencing emotionally and mentally, you know, and I have a mental health background. And so I do incorporate some therapeutic techniques. I'm not a therapist and I always tell folks I'm not a licensed therapist, so I'm not going to be your therapist, but I can talk to you about some strategies that will support your mental health and your emotional health and your spiritual health. Um, and we can use the gym to move that out of your body. So, 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 Zami, you're, so you would, you would say that you're a wellness coach, holistic wellness coach, and then you also have a nonprofit, right? Um, Bloom. So can you tell us just a little bit about that work and then also tell us how folks can get connected to your work? I mean, if folks want to be a client, what kind of clients are you looking for? Um, how, how do folks get connected with your work at, at large and how do they support Bloom? Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. Yeah. So Bloom is a nonprofit. It's called Bloom Transgender Community Healing Project. Um, we started it here in the Bay Area. It's mostly in Berkeley and Oakland. And we are a very small volunteer-ran nonprofit um, that is ran and founded by trans and non-binary folks, and it's for trans and non-binary folks. Um, some of what we do is we do cultural humility training for reproductive justice orgs, for community-based orgs, and for schools and universities um, to teach them how to, with respect and dignity and integrity, serve our community. Um, and so we train folks on language and working with trans and non-binary folks. We train folks on um, proper procedure, um, particularly with like reproductive justice work. We talk to them about how, you know, if you're going to be working with a trans masculine person and giving them an exam, um, don't say we're going to give you a breast exam if they are pre-op, you know, say chest exam. So we do things like that where we teach folks how to use appropriate language about our bodies, how to ask us, how do we talk about our own bodies. Um, and we charge these organizations and with the money that we get from doing these trainings, it goes back into the community. So we use this money to put on free wellness fairs. We use this money to donate to someone who may be having a hard time paying for transition related services or medical related services. And we use this money um, to also help folks change their name and gender markers on their government documents. And so, you know, we do give ourselves a, a small stipend um, from the money that we receive. And then the majority of the money that we get all goes back to free services for trans and non-binary folks that are ran by trans and non-binary folks. So we'll find trans and non-binary healers in the community and for our wellness fair whether it's tarot reading, acupuncture, massage, herbal medicine, um, you know, any of those type of services, um, free counseling. We have some therapists who will come and provide free counseling um, for small amounts of time as well for our, our wellness fairs. And then we pay them all because trans and non-binary folks very seldom, like seldom we get paid for their services and their resources and their knowledge. And so we get money to pay our people to get provide services for our people. Um, 
And with Bloom, to find out more about us, um, you could go to our website, which is bloomhealing.org, or you could find us on Facebook and just look up Bloom, Bloom Healing on Facebook as well. For me, if you want to work with me, um, my website is spirituswellness.org. Um, and so spiritus, which means breath, um, I always remind people to breathe because if we don't breathe and we're not connected to our breath, um, then we're not connected to our life force. And so, you know, a spiritus also means spirit. And, you know, I'm a very spiritual person. The work that I do, I believe is a part of my spiritual path. I'm supposed to help people be well and heal. Um, and so that's why I have the name spiritus wellness. And folks who I'm looking to work with is anyone who wants to recommit or become committed to their health and wellness and healing. Um, and so whether that you are wanting to lose weight, wanting to build muscle, wanting to just create a physical practice around your wellness, um, and really willing to be vulnerable. You know, working with someone when it comes to your body is a practice in vulnerability. Whenever, whether it's a personal trainer, a wellness coach, a mental health specialist, um, that's a practice in vulnerability. And so I want to work with folks who are willing to be vulnerable with me because me showing up and providing you with services is also a practice in vulnerability for myself. Um, I've been doing this work for almost two years um, I've been certified and you know I've been certified for almost two years and it's been very vulnerable to learn on the job with some folks to put myself out there when it comes to plans because all of my plans are specialized to the individual um, which not everyone does that many of these other distant and online coaches they just create a plan and you buy a plan and it's the same plan they gave to a thousand other people um, but this is something very special to me and took a lot of heart and love to create. And so this is a practice of vulnerability for me as well. So if you're willing to be vulnerable, if you're willing to trust me with your wellness and you're willing to be in partnership with me around your wellness, then you're someone who I want to work with. Because if you're just like, I want you to tell me what to do and that's it, this probably isn't going to be a good partnership because we have to be able to communicate, we have to be able to learn from each other and work off of each other. Um, and in order for me to fully support you, I need to know what works and what doesn't work. Um, and I need you to be able to do the work outside of the gym. So if you're committed to shifting your life and having a life of health and wellness, if you're committed to um, being vulnerable, if you're committed to growing and healing, then you are someone who I want to work with. On my website, it has my different plans. I can provide nutrition plans for folks. I provide workout plans for folks. And as a distant client, depending on what program you purchase, we do weekly check-ins. And if one of the work exercises don't work for you, then I also change the workout plan for you so that it accommodates your, your accessibility as well. Um, so it's all about being accessible when it comes to finances and when it comes to, you know, what you're physically capable of. And not every coach does that. They'll say, well, this is the plan I created you with. These are some alternative exercises for it. Figure it out. That's not my goal. If you tell me something's not working for you, 
then it's like, okay, let me find a different exercise. So I'll still work out that same body part. Um, but it works within your physical ability and you'll still grow from it. I think I answered your question. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. Um, folks, Zami is an amazing, an amazing coach um, and an amazing friend. You know, just thank you for all the support um, that you've given me. Like 2018 has been a shifting year. Um, and I know that it could have shifted in so many ways if I didn't, if I wasn't grounded um, in this wellness practice with you. So thank you. I really, really appreciate it. So this next segment of the show is like my favorite part. Um, it's called Boy Talk and Hop. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, this might bring you some joy because you kind of got to think about some random things. You can't just, you know, you can't go into like mantra mode. You kind of just got to pop off whatever comes to first to mind. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. Um, so I'm going to say I love to watch. And then you're going to say I love to watch whatever that is. For me right now, I love to watch Westworld. Um, it's an amazing show. I can tell you more about that later. Um, but yeah, so we're going to jump into that and then we're going to do some closing stuff. Um, but is there anything before we jump into boy talk and hop that you want to let folks know? You know, I just want to let folks know when it comes to a wellness practice, you can't do it wrong. That's real. That's real. Yeah. Like a lot of folks feel like if I'm not in the gym every day for hours, if I'm not eating nothing but chicken breast and broccoli and rice, if I'm not meditating for 30 minutes a day, then I'm not doing it right. You know, the beauty about developing a wellness practice is that you create something that works for you. It looks different for everyone and you can't do it wrong. And so, and you always have the next day. So if you do something and you're like, you know what, that didn't support my wellness today, guess what? You have tomorrow. And so I just want to encourage people to practice compassion with yourself, practice forgiveness, um, release like the chains of shame that we tend to live with. Um, and remember that when you say no to things, you're actually not saying no, you're saying yes to yourself. Um, so remember to say yes to yourself when it comes to your wellness. Um, remember that you can never do wellness wrong um, and that if you need some support, I'm totally open and down to support you. And I'm looking forward to really having a community of healers and wellness coaches and um, collectives that what we're doing is we're just investing into, in one another's healing and love um, and ability to, to thrive because of that. So that's what I want to leave folks with. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for that, Zami. Like, that was hella sweet and hella real. Because um, I, I, even sometimes when I'm building an author, like yesterday we did a wellness, um, a wellness workshop at my job. And I was like, you know, he was like, well, do we want to use a compass? And we never got to it in my head. And I was like, well, the, the author is how I said it. So, like, my intention and my energy went into it. You know what I mean? Like, just really getting out of this um, very academic way of looking at even myself. Like, everything doesn't have to be analyzed or, like, the intention is already there when you go into it. Um, and I think a lot of that has come from working with you. Um, so, thank you for that balance because, I think we all get caught up in what's right. Um, and it's like, what's right for you, right? Like what's right for your body? What's right for your soul? Um, and how are you 
um, showing up in a way with love and compassion for yourself um, as much as possible, right? Like, and that's what brings me joy. Like, folks always ask me what brings me joy. What brings me joy is when I'm able to actually, like, give myself joy, when the joy does not have to be external, when it's something that I'm able to bring um, for myself. So, boycott and hop, okay? So you ready for this? Are you ready? It's, it's kind of like a challenge, but so I think you, I think you got it. I think you got it. I think you're ready. Okay. So, all right. All right so we're gonna start off with the first one, which is sex is sex is consensual. Wellness is wellness is a commitment. I love to watch. I love to watch Empire. <laughs> <laughs> More money, more. Oh, honestly, I thought joy and giving at the same time. Mm. Mm, yes. I wish you would have won that 69 um, billion or whatever it was that someone just won. Um, my Me favorite too. Cause <laughs> <laughs> we would be living right now. We would be living. Um, my yep. favorite food is. Gluten-free donuts because I can't have the regular ones. Ah, <laughs> oh, sucks, sucks, sucks. What's your favorite gluten-free donut spot? Um, ooh, my favorite gluten-free donut spot is Jules Bakery in Arizona, in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm. Okay, anybody going to Phoenix? Hit up Jules Bakery. We giving a plug. <laughs> we giving a plug. We, we I guess we selling free advertising right now because it's Zombie's favorite donut. Um, and if you I, I mean, they have one, gluten-free chicken and waffles. Oh, snap. Okay. Now, I might mm-hmm. have to make that visit. I might have to make that visit. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I could spend a day with anyone, it would be? I could spend a day with anyone. It would be, ooh, probably Audrey Lord. If it, if it was dead or alive, it would be Audrey Lord. Mm, and who, what would y'all talk about? What would y'all do? What would you and Audrey do? You know, I would want to talk to her about her gender and gender expression, honestly, um, because in the was it epilogue uh the epilogue or prologue whichever is first (laughs) and the beginning of zami a new spelling of my name which is where i got my name from um she talks about wanting to have be able to experience sex with her partner and the way that her father had sex with her mother like being able to enter her partner in that way and and throughout some of her writings, she ta- she like talks about gender in that way. Where I low key feel like Audre Lorde may have been non-binary or trans, but it wasn't really acceptable back then. Um, in lots of ways to express that, like you know, there were still trans and non-binary folks. But I remember how when Audre Lorde got married. You know, one of the folks who I know now who was good friends with her said that a lot of the folks in the lesbian community helped betray because she married a man and, like, had children by him. Um, And so I can only imagine, like, what it would have been like if she did have questions around her gender and gender expression. I would want to talk about gender. I would want to talk about, like, being Black and being in relationships with non-Black folks, you know, and some of the struggles Mm -hmm. that she may have experienced and how it may have been similar to some of my experiences. Um, Talk about writing and writing as a spiritual practice um, because she also alludes to that in a lot of her writings, how writing is her spiritual practice. And, you know, for me, writing is a spiritual practice, one that I haven't been able to engage in as much living in the Bay. Um, 
but is something that I know when I need to feel grounded. And when I am grounded, I tend to go to writing um, or try to go to writing. So talk to her about that, about foods, about hair, <laughs> about, you know, just about life um, and like what brings her joy. You know, and I would ideally be cooking with her. Um, I would want to cook while we talk. Nice, nice. That's man. That sounds like a beautiful evening. I would love to hang out with y'all too. Um, so I included yeah. these last, these last two particularly for you. Um, so the first one is my altar is. Ooh, my altar is filled with my goon, which is my ancestors, filled with my crown, which is Obatala. Um, and filled with my feet, which is Yemaya. And my that soul is, my, is... My soul... Oh, wow. My soul is filled with love and joy and a commitment to healing. Yeah. Nice, nice. Thank you so much, Nami. Thank you so much for this interview, for taking the time out to, you know, come on Boy Meets Wellness um, and share your joy, share your tips. My name is Zami Tanase Hemingway. And I am born, obviously incredible. Thanks for listening to Boy Meets Wellness. Stay connected on and off the show by following us online at Boy Meets Wellness. That's boy with an I. Until next time, go 